Welcome back to Eternity Podcast. This is the home of the truth, nothing but the truth, gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel of repentance, righteousness and holiness. My name is Janine and I'm your host. Today we are continuing part two of requirements for entering into the kingdom of heaven. Let us listen. Today we are going to talk about the requirement for entry. In fact, we are going to look at one of the key parables in the scriptures that tells us about, clearly lays out the key requirements for entry into the kingdom of heaven. And it is based on Matthew 22, 1 to 14. Matthew 22, 1, it says, And again, Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son. Wow. And when he says that, he's saying that this is how it will happen. This is what will happen. This is exactly how the kingdom of God will operate. And he says that, and sent, he gave a wedding feast for his son and sent his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast, but they would not come. Again, he sent other servants saying, tell those who are invited, see, I have prepared my dinner and my oxen and my fat cows have been slaughtered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. But they paid no attention and went off, one to his farm, another to his business. While the rest seized his servants, treated, treated them shamefully and killed them. The king was angry and he sent his troops and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Verse 9. He says, then he said to his servants, the wedding feast is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Wow. Those invited were not worthy. Go therefore to the main roads and invite to the wedding feast as many as you find. And those servants went out into the roads and gathered all whom they found, both bad and good. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to look at the guests, he saw there a man who had no wedding garment. And he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, Bind him hand and foot, and cast him into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. Now, the Bible talks about the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. This is one of them. And it says that some people will be invited, but they will be rejected. Some people will be invited, but will refuse to go, will refuse to enter. Some people will also be invited, but they will not prepare themselves and will be rejected. Let's look at it in details a little bit. The context in which we are talking about these things is the fact that we must strive to enter through the narrow door. You know, Jesus is saying that many who seek to enter into the kingdom will not be able to enter. And these are those who have responded to the gospel. And the question for us is that what must we do to enter? We must know it. The parable is about the marriage supper of the Son of God. And we know that that is referring straight away to the rapture of the church into the kingdom of God for the marriage supper. 
And he says that those who enter the kingdom of heaven, it is about those who enter into the kingdom of heaven and what it takes or the requirements to enter into the kingdom of heaven. That is what the parable is about. In the parable, the king, of course, is God the Father. The son is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And those who are invited are the Christians. Wow. And he's saying that when the time comes for entry into the kingdom of heaven, many Christians will refuse to enter. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? That to live your life as a Christian for so many years with the hope of entering into the kingdom of heaven. He says, when the time is near, the Lord will send his servants to come and tell us that we must enter. Time is up. And when you listen to it carefully, what he is saying is that there will be something that we must do to enter, and we will refuse to do it, that and enter. We will refuse to do that. Because nobody will say that, I want to go to hell, or I don't want to go to heaven. No. But a time will come when he will send his message, messengers with a message for us to do something that will help us to enter, and we will refuse. The servants are those called in the end time to preach the gospel of the kingdom. That is, those who are called to prepare the bride of Christ for the rapture. So we are not talking about any pastor. We are not saying that every pastor is a servant of God. Since the, those who are the servants of God are those who are preparing the sheep of Christ for the rapture. It is not those who are afraid to be judgmental, those who are afraid to be legalistic, those who are afraid to teach the Bible. They want to teach psychology. They want to teach, I don't know what else, feel-good preaching. They want everyone to feel comfortable in sin. But the, the, the thing is this. You can see how wicked that, that, that type of gospel is. Because in the end, you are helping the person to go to hell. So where is the love? Where is the love? When you see that sin doesn't matter. When God says that sin will take a person to hell. And you, you, you are giving the person false hope. You know, you, you understand what, what you are saying. So are, they, are those people who do not want to be judgmental, meanwhile they have been called to correct, to train, to discipline, to rebuke sin. So that the people of God will move away from the uh, ways of sin onto the highway of holiness, that they may enter. But they say that if, if you tell them to come to the right way, you are being judgmental, you are being legalistic, you are putting bondages on them, you, you, are, you are talking about works. You see how the devil has taken over. So whose, whose gospel are they preaching? Whose gospel are they preaching? May the Lord have mercy upon us. The gospel that takes people to hell, whose gospel is that one? Whose gospel is that one? When time is up, God will send his servants to inform the church. That is one of the key messages. And that is what he is doing even as we speak now. God is sending his servants across the globe to tell his children who he has invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. He says, time is up. Turn away from sin. Prepare yourself and enter. That is what he's doing. You can see how consistent God is with the word of God. Says the wedding will happen whether the church is ready or not. Says the time, the day of the Lord, 
the day that the Lord has set, when it comes, it, what he has determined will happen. Whether we are ready or not, it will happen. God is calling, uh, is calling everyone who will respond to come and receive eternal life. And he does not want anyone to perish in hell, but he wants everyone to spend eternity with him. Every Christian. And even, even when the Christians refused, he went outside to call people. He went outside to call people. He says, his banquet hall must be filled. Many in the church will reject the end time call to enter into, the, into eternal life. Many in the church. You can see that it is time for us to wake up. It is time for us to wake up. He says, there will be an end time harvest to fill the wedding banquet. And that is what we want to be part of. That is, that, that, is, that, that is the revival that we are talking about. And we, and we can see that the requirement for that revival is what we have been mentioning all along. Anyone, and he says, both bad and good, who will accept the entire message will receive eternal life. And then Jesus says that the first shall be last and the last shall be first. What is the entire message? It is repent and put on your garment and enter. And then you can see that it is all about holiness. It's all about holiness. There are some important points of interest that we want to note. Those who missed out on the kingdom of God were those who had been invited. There were two groups of people who missed out on the kingdom of God. Those who had been invited. And we said that the Christians. And the second group of people who missed out on the kingdom of God were the friends of the king without their garment. So you can see that we must know what these people did, these two groups of people who had been invited, who had received, in fact, uh, favor from the Lord, who had been invited but missed out on the kingdom of God. Those who actually entered were those initially not invited. They accepted the urgent call to enter, they repented, and they obeyed and entered. They obeyed and entered. The king, we can see his love and kindness to those he invited because in his faithfulness and goodness, he sent to inform them over and over again, over and over again. Now the question is this, is the church aware of the times in which we live now? Is the church aware? Is the church aware that the Lord is calling his children to turn away from everything that will prevent us from entering and enter? Is the church away? But we see that the, it, it was the people he had invited who rejected the king. Who rejected the king. He will fill his king to fill his banquet hall. So if you are ready, you can be part of it. Hallelujah. If you are ready, the banquet hall must be filled. So he, he has not predestined some people to go to hell and some people to go to heaven. He says, whoever so will. Whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whoever, whoever. And he means that when he says that. But one thing you must understand that it does not matter. If you repent, he will receive you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you will repent. And, and we saw yesterday how he has wired every human being. It doesn't matter how wicked you are, how sinful you are. He has given us the ability for the most sinful person to repent and to turn to him.
So God has made it possible for each and every one of us, each and every human being who has walked on this earth, to be saved. Because when he says that, repent, he, he, he knows that you can repent. And not only that, his word that comes to us, when we receive his word, the word also grants us grace and power to do what he has called us to do. So there is hope for us. Amen? But he, he, he expects instant response. The repentance that the Lord is calling us to is the repentance that is immediate, complete, and permanent. It's not a, a partial repentance. It's not the repentance say, when, when I finish with my boyfriend, when I finish with my girlfriend, then I will accept the Lord. No, no, no. It's, it's immediate. When you want to repent, you repent from all sin. And you do not repent and recycle back to sin. Permanent repentance. Hallelujah. Because time is short. His standards are very, very high. We should not forget that. It says, no man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Wow. So please, we must decide whether we want to enter into heaven or we want to spend eternity elsewhere. His standard is high. If you don't enter, there will be no second chance. Those he calls, he expects us to put on a garment. This, and this garment, he will not compromise with that one. Not even for his friends. Not even for those he calls his friends. That garment. He will choose only the few with the garment. And he will cast those without the garment into utter darkness. And he says, for many are called, but few are chosen. May the Lord have mercy upon us. So what is the message of the king? The message is very simple. It says, time is up. Stop whatever you are doing and come to the marriage feast. And it cuts across every sphere of human activity. For some, it says, turn away from sin. For others, separate from the apostate worldly church, the disco churches, you know? The churches that are afraid to be judgmental and, and, and legalistic, you know? It says, for others, it is a call to respond to the call of God upon your life. It can be anything. But the key thing is that anything that will prevent us from entering into the kingdom of God, we must turn away from it. Everything. If it is the short skirts that we wear, if it is the tight trousers that we wear as, as ladies, if it is the false hair that we put on our heads, if it is the lipstick on our lips, if it is the pancake on our face, if it is whatever it is, whatever it is, we must turn away from them. Whatever it is, if you want to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Remember that those who invited, the Christians, they refused to go. They were occupied with other things or issues of life more important to them than the kingdom of God. In gospel terms, they refused to repent or they rejected the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of the kingdom is very straightforward. It says, turn away from sin. Turn away from your own ways. Turn away from every wickedness. Turn away from the things of the world. Turn away from the things of the flesh. And enter. Why was it so hard for them to receive the king's message and be saved? Now you understand why it is very dangerous 
to listen to false preachers and false teachers and, and to be part of the apostate church. What it does to you is that it numbs you spiritually so that when the truth comes, you are unable to receive and to separate. Did, you, did somebody hear me? One of the key dangers of listening to some of these false prophets and false apostles and false pastors is that their messages are spirit and death. And what that means is that when you feed on their preaching and their sermons, they numb you so that when you hear the truth of God, the gospel of the kingdom, you are unable to receive it. You are unable to understand. You are unable to believe it. That is why those people, when the call came, they could not receive it. They rejected heaven. So for us, we must separate ourselves. It is very important. Note the reaction of the Christians. Many refused. They paid no attention. They rejected the call to go in, but they went off. They were too busy with their projects, and they attacked the messengers of the king. They mocked them, they slandered them, they character assassinated them, and even some of them they will kill. That is how the Christians, the Christians, the children of God, that is how they treated or they treat the servants, the real servants of God. May the Lord have mercy upon us. Some say that God is too good to send anyone to hell. But we can see from that parable that Jesus is telling us that it was not the lack of goodness on God's part, but it was a rejection of his grace. It was a rejecting of his love by those who were his friends. He says, the kingdom of God is such that those who are friends of God, those God has called. In fact, a friend most likely was even ministers. He says, they will reject the ways of God. And that is what is happening. He says, see, they themselves, they, are, they did not have the garment on. And because of that, the king rejected them. So please, this, this is talking about Christians. This one is not for unbelievers. This one is for you and I. He's saying that we must, at this hour, we must repent. And at this hour, absolute holiness, absolute righteousness. We must walk in obedience to, to the gospel. And you will see in the second session the provision, what, what it means to be born again. And we see that if we, indeed we are born again, then God is not asking something that is impossible of us. And we, we see that those initially not invited, they were the ones who entered. They were also from all walks of life. Some were also on their businesses. But they, they, they stopped their journeys and their businesses and they entered. They stopped. Hopefully, some, tonight, somebody will stop his or her business of sin and enter. Amen? Now, let's look at a friend. So, you can see that for, for those who were invited, the key issue was repentance. But for the friend, he went in. He obeyed and went in. But it was partial obedience. The king called him friend, but he did not have his wedding garment on which means that he attempted to go in on his own terms. He disregarded the king's wishes, ignored the requirement for the feast. And that, you can see that that is what those, remember, those who were following Jesus, and they said, this word is too hard. Who can 
receive it. They rejected the word of God. When he was confronted, he had no excuse or defense. And that is one thing we must be very much aware of. A day is coming when we will, in fact, we will know that all our excuses are useless. The thing about this friend is that he was not given the option to go and dress up and come back. He had only one chance. We also have only one chance. The king did not say that, friend, why don't you have your garment on? Go and put on your garment and come. He didn't say that. He said that because you don't have your garment, you are out of here forever in eternity. So please, let us be very careful. Let us be very careful. Now we have a chance. Now we can, we can beg God and God will forgive us. We can plead with him and he will have mercy on us. In fact, now he has even offered to circumcise our hearts, to sprinkle clean water on us and to make us clean. He says he will cleanse us from all our uncleannesses and all our idols. Now he says he will do it. Now he says that he will make us fit for purpose. But on that day, he will not give us the opportunity. He will not give us another chance. Now there is plenty of chance. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So who was this friend? Essentially, for God to call someone friend, it means that there has been a relationship before. And John 15, 13 says, Greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. So the Lord has loved this person, certainly. To call him a friend, he has even died for him. You can say that he has died for him. And he called him a friend because maybe in the past, this one, this friend, has obeyed his commandment. So he would have started off very well. He was saved. But somewhere along the line, he walked off the path of obedience. He became offended with the word of God. He says, no longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. Wow. You can see, you can see that this friend was privileged. He says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that you, your fruit should abide. So that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Wow. So you look at all this and you can see that this friend, he certainly died for him. He trusted him as a partner. He shared the mysteries of the kingdom with him. He selected him for himself. He equipped and made competent to achieve. And he connected him to divine provision. He also consulted or even listened to him in the past. But this friend rejected his requirements. This friend rejected his requirements. So you can see that this one, it doesn't matter who you are. When it comes to the, the garment, forget it. He says, you are my friend if you do what I command you. The, the, the key point is that the condition for being God's friend is not faith only. People think that, by, by the way, when people talk about it is salvation is by faith only, they are just taking just one piece of scripture and they are ignoring all the others which also talk about how we may be saved. It says that you are his friend when you do his commandment, not when you believe in him. It says the demons, they believe that God exists. 
and they shudder. They know that God is God and they tremble. If demons were here and Jesus were to appear here, they would be shaking. Human beings, we are the most stubborn creation in the whole universe. The waves obey him, the winds obey him, the, the leprosy, the blind eyes, the, the dead bodies obey Jesus, except the human beings. May the Lord have mercy upon us. So what happened to this friend? He was cast into hell forever. So we can see straight away that in the matter of the garment, God will not compromise at all. So our question is, what is this garment? And how do we make sure that we put ours on so that on that day we will find mercy? On that day of the Lord, we shall be found fit for purpose. So in the context of what we are saying, we are saying that that garment is what makes a human being fit for purpose in eternity. Without that garment, you are not fit for purpose. You must be thrown into the lake of fire. Well, there you have it. Not much to be said about what we have just heard. It doesn't matter who you are. Without that garment, you cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. We welcome you to come fellowship with us by visiting our website at www.messianicministriesinc.org. There you can locate our various altars across Australia. You can also visit us at eternitypodcast.com or call us on 0430-041-735. Please stay tuned for part three of this teaching because Dr. Amish is going to get deeper to give us the full requirements for entering into the kingdom of heaven. Bye for now.